Coming up on the Branding Deep Dive Podcast. I was looking at celebrity profile pictures, and they all have something that stands out. It's not no basic selfie or anything. It's like mm. a, 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 a picture of them with a solid background, you know, something that stands out every time. So I was like, you know what? I need a solid background. And I was like, you know, my favorite clothes is orange. Why not make it orange? So I made my, my background orange, and then I opened my barber account, my, my barber Instagram account, and I did the same thing there. And then... And then slowly, I just realized that, you know, if you look at McDonald's, you know, red and white, uh, red, red and yellow, yeah. you think of McDonald's, you know, a Walmart, blue, you know, I mean, uh, Home Depot are actually beefy right now, <laughs> over the color orange. <laughs> but no, like, you know, orange, you think of Home Depot, you know, and like all these companies they have are purple for Taco Bell. So I realized that if I associate myself with a color, mm. whenever people see orange, that's going to get them to maybe possibly in some way shape or form think about my company this is ahmed shima and welcome to the branding deep dive podcast if you're new here this is a podcast where we have in-depth discussions about what brands are doing well to drive customer loyalty and how you can take those principles and apply them to your own brand today we're talking to muhammad tarani Muhammad owns and operates a barber studio in Canton, Michigan, and is also involved in youth programming and teaching in the area. In this episode, we dive deep into Muhammad's journey to becoming a barber, opening his own studio, getting clients, running multiple Instagram accounts, and much, much more. If you have a service-based business or want to grow your personal brand, this episode is a must-listen. Now, here's Muhammad Tarani. All right, Muhammad Tarani. It's been a long time. I know we've been trying to do this uh, for a few weeks now. Appreciate you taking I'm, the time I'm to not do this. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you putting me on here, man. Yeah, for I'm the excited for, like. awesome for the audience that is not familiar with you and the the work you do. Uh, can you give them a brief introduction? To uh, you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so my name is Muhammad Tarani. I'm 21 years old. I work here in Canton, Michigan, in the Mac Building, which is the Masjid's community center. Um, I opened a private barber studio on here where I do, uh, you know, haircuts. Um, I also work very closely with the Masjid. I do, uh, I make events for them. Um, I'm the guy's social committee team lead. So basically, I just make social events for the guys of the community. Um, And I also teach a Saturday program for the youth. Um, Yeah, just try to be around for the youth as much as I can. And it's cool that I work in the same building that I teach in. So a lot of times... I'll be cutting in, in, in my studio and then some of the guys will just come over and hang out. So I try to create that kind of atmosphere where it's like, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to start with your journey as a barber, right? So how did you come into this profession, this field? You're 21 years old. You're a young guy, right? Like, yeah. I didn't even know you were 21. I actually thought you were a little bit older. So Yeah, it's um, a beard, huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you're, uh, mashallah, pretty mature, right? So. Yeah. How did you end up, and you have a nice studio now, like how did you end up finding out that this is something that I want to do, right? You know, I feel like a lot of our listeners may be thinking like, oh, I have this idea, that idea, especially for creative people like mm. like you and I, right? Like yeah. we have all these ideas and there's all these things that, you know, we could do because yeah. we try it, you know, like we try all these different things. Like yeah, yeah. you got cars, yeah. you got, I mean, you design this whole place yourself, you got all these different things that yeah, yeah. I you did. Like how did you know? This is the path that you want to double down on. Um, so with this one, I don't really have an answer as to why it was this one that I chose because I did try multiple things. There was a point where I thought I was going to open a shoe cleaning a shoe cleaning business. There was a point that I thought I was going to open uh, like a lawnmower business. I was going to oh, call really? it Mow Lawns. <laughs> you get it? And I was going to do it in the winter. It was going to be no mow snow. Oh, wow. You get it, mow? Yeah. But I thought I was going to do that for a minute. Um but I think it just happened to be that when I really got sick of working for people, this, the idea of becoming a barber kind of fell into my path. And that's why I just stuck with it because I was just like, all right, I need to stick with something. And I think it was more of a coincidence thing. I think I could have like pursued any of those mm-hmm. options, um, even like interior design, I could have pursued that or video editing. But it was just this one at the time that um, just happened to fall into that time. And then it also was recommended to me by um, my uh, mentor Osama, and um, and I, and I think it might, a part of it might be the fact that in this one specifically there was a role model, there was somebody mm-hmm. who I looked at who's been doing it, and I seen 
the success and I've seen how it's a, you know, pretty cool lifestyle. There was nobody, you know, with a shoe cleaning business that I looked up to. It was just an idea that I had nobody with a lawnmower business, nobody with a mechanic, you know, business um, that I necessarily looked up to. But with this one, um, Osama recommended it to me because um, Nadir was doing it. And at the mm-hmm. time I had finished work, I had just finished working um, like eight different jobs, not like, you know, all at the same time, but, you know, job after job. And each time I had a boss, you know, and I really got sick of it. And I remember at the time when it was suggested to me, I was working um, as valet in Ann Arbor. And um, it was me, Nadir, Osama, and maybe one or two other guys. And uh, it was Nadir and Osama, I think, I th- both of them, or maybe one or the other. I don't know. Somebody suggested it. Like, oh, why don't you, why don't you cut hair? And um, Nadir told me at the time that, you know, so many guys say, oh, yeah, I want to do that. And they just never do it. And that kind of motivated me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the one to do it. So that same week, I, uh, and, and and I realized that, you know, in doing this, you're your own boss. Mm. And after working eight different jobs, you know, I worked at uh, just Taco Bell, Marshalls, um, Jets Pizza, Tim World, just a bunch of places. And after working all of those, I realized I was like, the lifestyle I want is to be an independent, like my own boss. So that same week, I went to Walmart. I bought some clippers. I convinced my brother to let me cut his hair. And I posted it, man. I just cut his hair and I posted it. And it was horrible. Like, looking back now, horrible. But I advertised the heck out of it. Like, I was confident. Mm. I was, like, you know, I was, like, so proud of it, you know. And um, I just, yeah, I told people, like, hey, like, I'm a, I remember I still have the video to this day. I said, I was, like, I'm a, I'm a, car, a carpenter. I'm a mechanic. I do it all. I'm a barber now. Hit me up. I'll cut your hair zero <laughs> to five dollars, depending on how much hair you got. And people hit me up, man. Like. It was just like, all right, if it's zero bucks, you know, why not? You know, I need I need to get cleaned up. And at the time, you know, a lot of guys my age don't have much money, you know. Right. When I, I was like 18 at the time. So they're like, yeah, why not? So, you know, I kept doing that. And then at the time, I quit the well, – while I started putting hair, I quit um, valet. And I ended up working at Tint World um, while I was kind of cutting people's hair on the side. And then I told the owner of Tint World that, hey, I'm – uh, you know, eventually I'm going to pursue this barber uh, route, right? And he said, you know, he, we both thought that that would be like eventually, like eventually, eventually, you know, like later down the line, <laughs> like like maybe a year later, you know? But within a month, I got so busy with haircuts that I had to quit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, and these are no longer $0 haircuts, right? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> bro, when I tell people the story, they're like, they're like, oh man, we're like, I wish I knew about you then, but they don't realize that like, it, it was a zero dollar, like it was a haircut worth zero dollars, like it was, <laughs> it was not good by any means, but um, it was because of those people that you know got me, like you know, thank, I'm thankful for those people because I was able to practice, you know, and then mm. you know, it was a good trade off, you know, I get to practice, they get a free haircut, you know, might not be good, but yeah. So when you started this. And you started with your brother as your first client. Mm-hmm. Had you cut hair before then? Never. That, so that was the first time. Was you're 18 first, years old. First time. April 3rd, 2019. And then so from there, you just advertised the heck out of it. Started at literally $0, cutting people's hair for free. Yeah. And just built your way up. And yeah. you're saying within a month, you were able to... Within a month, I was able to build a small clientele that I was able to charge. Enough wow. for me to have a full day's worth of work every day mm. like, and quit my like uh, job at the time that that's insane I'm, I'm yeah I'm so uh i think one of the things that sticks out in your story that i really wanted to uh double down on here is that you mentioned that you knew you didn't want to work for a boss and you wanted to be your own boss i think most people in life have that feeling at some point mm. but what you see oftentimes is that like when you're your own boss, you have to have your own like level of discipline, mm. right? There's no one above you to tell you like, hey, you got to get up now. Yeah. I do this, that, the other thing, right? How have you kind of managed that, right? Like not having a boss over you, not having someone telling you what to do. Mm. How have you made, like, I've seen a lot of people that, you know, they're like, I'll quit. I'll figure something out. Uh, and then they're actually not able to. They get lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? They end up sleeping all day and mm. playing video games. And they're like, yeah. Before before they know it, they need another job again, right? So yeah. how have you kind of made sure to keep yourself disciplined? So in the beginning, it was just purely thrill. 
like just the thrill of it. Like I wanted to cut as many heads as I can. I'm talking like I would post on my story. Like this is like by the time I'm charging, I would post on my story. I'm bored and I feel like cutting hair. I'm offering a free haircut for the next next person to hit me up. Free haircut. Just pull up right now. And I would do it. I was literally just so thrilled by it. And I would do it. It did start to die out though. That thrill, you know, once you get used to something, it's not as... And when it started to die out is when I went and uh, I kind of left. Because I, I don't consider when I first started cutting hair as the beginning of my business. Because I did go to a shop and worked for a, a boss. You know, I did have a boss while I was cutting hair mm-hmm. uh, in Ypsilanti. And um, that was like, that kept me, you know, disciplined because I had to show up to work. You know, I had a boss. It was after that, which that like idea, like, or that thought hit me. I was like, oh shoot. Like after I left that shop, I was like, nobody's telling me when to come in now. And I noticed that I started getting lazy. I did start getting lazy. I, would, I went from like cutting like close to 10 hours to maybe like half of that, like five hours, you know? And, um, and part of it was because of COVID. COVID had started at the time, but um, still, you know, like I knew I could have done more, but I was being lazy. And once I realized it, I mean, alhamdulillah, like I was able to think, okay, I noticed there's an issue and I had to really like just force myself. Like there was, there's no method of doing other than just like forcing myself. I'm like, you know what? I need to just put in more hours. You know, if I want this business to succeed, I'm going to need to put more in, put in more hours. A big factor, actually, I would say that helps is seeing the success. Because mm-hmm. at the time I hadn't like reached a point where I'm stagnant yet. I was still uh, kind of exponentially growing. And so seeing that success continue to motivate me, you know, like, so I'd see like, okay, I put in uh, 10 hours yesterday and I see, and I seen the results of it. Now that makes me want to put in 10 hours today, you know? So that, that or like, or by the week or whatever it was, however my, I thought about it at the time. So really just, uh, you're just forcing yourself to work and then also monitoring your progress and seeing growth. Yeah. Right? I think that's yeah. was really good advice for anyone that's listening is that, you know, don't like a lot of people will just jump off the deep end and think Mm. that oh like i'll figure it out don't do that Mm. have some things that you're actually measuring and once you see enough growth and you know you can kind of sustain it that's when you kind of Mm. you take the leap and then you double down right so that's that's important um i want to jump over uh and, and really just get into this shop and your your style in particular the color orange so right now for the audience who's watching on video orange is everywhere yeah. Right. So I wanted to pick your brain on, is this like a conscious branding move that you did or you just like the color orange and it just happened that way? Or so even your profiles are all the, you know, your profile picture is orange yeah. and both your barber profile and your personal. So walk me through the, the color orange. Like what's, what's going on with that? So I'll tell you why I love the color orange for uh, so much first. Um, it's just like, it's, just, it's such a simple story. As a kid, one of my favorite shows was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. My favorite character was Michelangelo. <laughs> and he wore the orange orange uh, bandana. That's it. Literally, that's it. Um, so my colors, my favorite color has always been orange as a kid. Um, there was a point where I started to build my personal Instagram before I even started. Uh, I don't know the time I started coming here. Um, but before I turned it into like a, com- a company or a brand. Um, I started developing my personal Instagram. And I just wanted to create videos on it. And... I noticed that I needed a pro. I looked at, I was looking at celebrity profile pictures and they all have something that stands out. It's not no basic selfie or anything. It's like mm-hmm. a, a, a picture of them with a solid background, you know, something that stands out every time. So I was like, you know, what? I need a solid background. And I was like, you know, my favorite color is orange. Why not make it orange? So I made my, my background orange and then I opened my barber account, my inst- my barber Instagram account. And I did the same thing there. And then, and then slowly I just realized that, you know, if you look at McDonald's, you know, red and white, uh, red and yellow, yeah. you think of McDonald's, you know, a uh, Walmart, blue, you know, I mean, uh, Home Depot actually beats me right now <laughs> over the color orange. <laughs> but no, like, you know, orange, you think of Home Depot, you know, and like all these companies they have or purple for Taco Bell. So I realized that if I associate myself with a color, mm. whenever people see orange, that's going to get them to maybe possibly in some way, shape or form, think about my company. What's so. interesting there is that you mentioned that you looked at what celebrities were doing. Uh, and then earlier you were saying that you had a role model to to go off in, in the barber business. So I think an important thread here is that 
you know, learning from people that are doing it, right? Mm. Like people that have success, what are they doing? And then kind of mm. taking that and applying that. So that's, that's really good um, advice there. And then the other thing, uh, you know, when we were doing our podcast cover art, the main thing we were thinking is how do we, it's like a white feed. How do we make sure that like when someone scrolls through that it catches their eye, right? right? Orange is one of those colors that pops, yeah. right? Like, so is yellow. Yeah, yellow is exactly, right? And so we use yellow and then we use like a, for like with my co-host, there's like uh, a little dark, not dark, but like light pinkish kind of color. And so okay. we use kind of both of those and then we still haven't built out the website or any of the other things, mm -hmm. but like that's kind of how we were thinking through it. I think orange is like just a really cool example. And you've really like everywhere you look, I know, the audience can't see it, but there's orange everywhere, right? Yeah. And so orange and black is like seems yeah. like is your theme. So that's that's really awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's it's interesting to see how you think through it, right? Because I think a lot of people are, aren't aren't thinking through it. And right. do you think that it has a tangible effect, or is it? It I mean, or is it? Because there's really no way to measure it, right? Right. Yeah. So like you don't know. I, I guess if people tell you like, hey, I love, love the orange or. Mm stuff like that like maybe you can kind of get a feeling but like right. you can't measure hey did you think of me when you right saw of course story, not right? yeah well i mean the thing about like i said you know speaking of role models like i i like to look at people who succeeded in something right and like i said all these companies like intentionally chose those colors like they don't just you know have to have like mcdonald's isn't you know red and uh yellow one day and then i don't know purple and green the other you know it stays that way on their website on their flyers on their advertisements it's always that color because there's some psychological connection there, right? So I didn't even have to look into what the psychological connection is or why or whatever. I just know they're doing it. Every single company is doing it. So, mm -hmm. and it, it must work, you know, they're all doing it. So I looked at it that way and just, you know, and followed that, you know, role model type uh, yeah. um, thing. And then as far as like measuring it, like, yeah, I don't, there is, there is really no way to measure it, but I do think, I do think it does, um, uh, play a role in people's mind because ever since I opened this place, I've been getting so many gifts that are orange. Like that ball right there, I got that as a gift. I got a pack of Tic Tacs and oh, the no, orange, the orange, orange flavors. Yeah. I got, I get orange Gatorade. I got like just a bunch of orange things. People just give me orange things. I got an orange uh, Sajada for my mm. sisters. I got that orange water bottle as a gift. Um, so people are associating the color orange with me. Mm. So when people... Um, and they're not helping you. Yeah, no, I don't have to buy anything. The next thing, inshallah, is the orange Lamborghini. I'm waiting for somebody, I'm waiting for somebody to give me that one. But we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, so I think it is working because people do associate the color with me. One thing that I did want to kind of transition into, uh, you kind of touched on this a little bit when you were giving your introduction, uh, but the aspect of actually getting the word out. Mm. I think people like me who are... I would say like I'm introverted, right? Like okay. I, I don't necessarily enjoy putting myself out there. Mm. I don't have a problem doing it, but it takes a lot of energy to do mm. that stuff, right? The the problem we always have is the distribution of whatever it is. If it's a product, service, whatever it is, how do we actually get people to c come in and actually use it? Mm. Right? For you, it seems like it came a little bit easier and you were able to kind of quickly scale this barber business. And so I wanted to just pick your brain on that is like, how do you actually put yourself out there to act like you have a real business and you were able to use Instagram. Am, am I, am I right in that? Yeah. Like you were just, was that just Instagram or did you also have some other? Um, I started off as word, word of mouth. That was like mm. the big one, right? I didn't open my Instagram page until maybe three or four months after I started cutting hair. Um, but word of mouth was mainly the main, main uh, source for a while. Um, but then I realized, okay, now it's time to hit, you know, level two. And I realized that Instagram is the greatest source of today's generation. And it's so neglected by so many people who start businesses. Unfortunately, a lot of older people, they don't realize the potential it has. The second I, like literally the day I opened my Instagram page, my clientele uh, shot up. Really? Every single time for a solid I don't know. I don't even know how long, but for a while, every single time I posted a post of a haircut, I'd get a DM saying, "Hey, I need a haircut." Every single time. Every single time for the longest time, mm. right? Um, and I don't know if that's probably why I'm still getting uh, like new clients all the time. Maybe it is because of the posts still, but um, 
people just don't realize the potential that Instagram has. It's not just a, you know, a social network anymore. It's literally uh, like a, it's, it's free advertisement. Yeah. Speaking of free advertisement, I'm curious to know, uh, did you spend any money on growing that Instagram or was it all just posting pictures of people? Like not a single dollar, just posting pictures, literally free. Now I know they have like, uh, you can pay for Instagram to boost your posts. Right. I've never done that. Um, it's an option, but I don't even think you need it. So you've been able to get through organic, just posting people's pictures yeah. without paying a cent. Nothing. You're getting clients. Um, yeah. That, that's, that's awesome. So you said you were building your personal Instagram before you created a barber Instagram. Yeah. So what was the difference in those two profiles? Were you also sharing some of your barber stuff on your, like before you started that one, were you doing a lot of that stuff there or did it really start over there? And how do you differentiate the two? And kind of keep both of them going at the same time. So, I mean, it's funny that you asked that question because it's something that I've been thinking about recently. Um, and it's something I'm still trying to figure out. Because at the time, it just started out as just my... I kind of look at it as like, you know, you have one one son. I mean, I'm not a father. <laughs> but like from what I imagine, you know, you have one son and you, you know, you focus all your attention and, and you know, uh, attraction towards that His son. favorite kid. Right. And then you have another one and now you have to try to like balance it out. Mm. And I'm in, I'm in that phase of trying to figure out how do I balance it out. And the thing is, you're not going to always show, like if you have a son and a daughter, you're not going to show them the love the same exact way. Right. And that's how it is with my Instagram. And I realized like when I pick up my phone and start recording, if I'm recording for my main account, for my personal account, I'll, my, my tone, my demeanor will be so different than if I'm recording for my barber account, mm. you know? And I think a part of it is because I know the demographic of, my following on my personal mm. main and I know the demographic of my following on my barber account, you know? Um, and the, the, the message I try to get across, I have a very strict message and purpose behind my main account and a, and a completely diff, different message and purpose on my barber account. So there are, they are completely two different entities. I don't look at them as the same. It was recommended to me by so many people to not open two accounts. And so many of my barber friends have just their one account and that's where they post their personal and their barber, uh, barber content. Me, I, I just, I'm so glad that I didn't go that route. I'm so glad that I split them because of the fact that there's a message that there's a professional image I want to keep on my barber account. And then there's like the personal, you know, more like loose mm. image I want to keep on my, uh, personal account. You said the, the, the messaging is different and the demographics are different. Do you mind getting into the details a little bit there for the two different accounts? I know like in one, it's clearly people that are looking for haircuts, right? right. right? Uh, and then for your personal, how are you thinking through that? Like, um, I know you do some work in the community, yeah. uh, especially with youth that you mentioned, right? So like, how are you, if, if you don't mind just sharing? Yeah, no, of course, yeah, no, no problem. Um, so I'll start with the, with the, First one, which was my personal account, my main account. And I call it my main account because that's the one, honestly, um, that I like focus more on. Um, that's why I just, my brain refers to it as my main account. But with that one, it became, I kind of figured out that I want to show, and this kind of gets like into, you know, the aspect of religion. I wanted to show young Muslims that you can be, you can, you can, be a Muslim who doesn't drink, who doesn't cuss, who doesn't listen to music, who doesn't smoke weed, who doesn't have any friends that are girls, who's not dating anyone, who doesn't have any tattoos, and and be a Muslim that that doesn't do all that and still have a good time in life mm. and still have fun in life, right? Because one thing I, when I was younger, I looked at it as like, Islam doesn't want me to have fun, like whatsoever. Like all these things that are fun, they're prohibited. And then as I grew up, I realized that's not the case. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm living the best life without doing any of those things that Islam prohibits. So I just wanted to show kind of for those kids that are in the position that I was in when I was younger, I want to show them that, hey, like, you know, it's not like that, you know. Mm. So that was the, the main uh, message or, you know, purpose behind my main account. Um, and then with the Barber account, the reason I can't do that as much is because I'm not trying to attract only a Muslim clientele, you know. Right. I'm open to, you know, Muslims and non-Muslims, all types of religions. And I love it because sometimes like, I, I'm like a huge, like huge person on religion. Like 
when I get anybody that's Christian or Sikh or Sikh, some people pronounce it differently, or Hindu, I like if if the person's comfortable with it, we talk about religion, like the entire haircut. Like I, we just share the differences and learn from each other. Um, so yeah, so my my barber account, you know, it's not that I can't push that message, you know, and if I did push it, then I would only be attracting a select group of people, mm-hmm. and I want to kind of widen that um, demographic. So, and then on, to, on top of that, there's also like with my main account, it's kind of more like a little bit of comedy, just kind of me being me, just funny, goofy, whatever. And then the image that I want to give my barber account is that this is like a not just your average barber shop that you can just you know go to get you know stop by get a walk in here get a leave i want it to be kind of i want to give it that more like vip professional type experience you know which is why i have it secluded in like a private studio and i call it a private studio because it's not like loud and there's a bunch of barber barbers cutting and you know it's literally when a client comes it's one-on-one me and the mm-hmm. client alone we got the tv you know with the background background noise i'm just focusing on that client the entire time and i give them uh, you know uh, a bigger time gap than most other barbers do i think so that way they, they feel like they're focused on the entire time like they're they're getting the money's worth for the time they're, they're getting the, t- the time um that they're paying for so it's a completely vip experience yeah which is yeah what i'm trying to trying to set if you don't mind me asking how much do you charge for a haircut so right now i just announced that i'm upping my price in january um for half of this year it was 30 hair and then 40 with beard um, and January is going to be starting January 1st, 40 hair, 50 with beard. Mm, okay. That's awesome. Man. That's, uh, uh, I know some barbers are just kind of like way out of reach, <laughs> but yeah. getting this VIP experience for, uh, it seems like it's a bargain, right? So yeah, that's mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that, uh, I'm curious about just looking at your, uh, pages is, so I follow you. I've been following you for a while. And I think it's really I mean, I enjoy watching both your stories and your posts and, and all that stuff. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you how you think through your overall strategy for your personal. So I know you kind of mentioned what you're trying to do. Uh, and then I wanted to get into, it seems like your posts are more like videos and creative projects you're working on. And then the actual, um, like on, on your stories, you're doing like conversations with people, right? Like mm-hmm. you're sharing your day. It's, it's almost like a vlog where people are getting to see behind the scenes of what's happening and kind of experiencing what you're experiencing. Right. So, um, is that, is that accurate or is that what you're trying to do? Um, and then kind of like, how are you thinking through post versus story and where do you kind of, where do you put your efforts into more and what, like, what do you see is the better way to go for what you're trying to do? You know what I mean? Like, I know there's kind of a all over the place loaded question. Yeah. Um, so, some, that's somewhat accurate. Um, with my post, I know a lot of people who are on Instagram, like influencers or what, whatnot, they have like a set um, tone for the Instagram. So like, oh, this guy, this guy's that guy that posts, for example, was like a uh, brother nature. Like almost every single, do uh, you know who that is? No. He's some guy basically, he just, he, he's like very, very friendly with animals. Mm. He's like uh, like animal spur basically. He goes he, like every animal you think of. He's you know um, like had interactions with, and and his is like you go on his page and that's pretty much all you're gonna see, right? And that's that's what he built his um, following on, right? For me, I didn't want to have one specific thing that people know me as. I just want to have my page be purely me. You know, one day it's gonna be uh, I don't know a, a funny skit. The other day it's gonna be me, you know, giving some Islamic advice. Um, and then the next day it might be, I don't know, uh, me teaching people how to, you know, fix a car or something, you know, just literally just who I am and what I do. Um, that's as far as posts go. As far as stories go, I think you hit it, you know, like, uh, you hit it pretty accurately, just kind of behind the scenes, day to day, kind of like a vlog, you know, um, I feel like Pete with starting from Vine and Instagram started videos and TikTok now. People's attention span is getting shorter and people don't really want to watch vlogs as much as people did back then, mm-hmm. like a 10 minute vlog. People just want to watch something quick. So a story kind of gives them that, you know, you can tap through it real quick. 
is short, you know, 15 second clips and you can kind of pop in and pop out anytime. So I like to, I like to kind of think of it as that, like a, my daily vlog type thing on my story. Um, the stories aren't as professional as the, um, posts are the posts. I try to, I put like more time into them more, you know, edit them because that's something that's going to remain on the page. That's like my portfolio. Um, and with the stories, it's going to be there for 24 hours. The people who are already following me, they're going to watch the stories. Um, and then the, the, the posts I'm hoping to attract people who not only are following me, but people who don't follow me. Mm, so that's why I want to okay. give it more of a professional, yeah. um, image. One thing you mentioned here is that, uh, some people, influencers, they have kind of like one lane that they stay in mm. and you wanted to make sure that you are presenting your whole self, all the different interests you have and that kind of yeah. thing. I, I see it as well, right? Like you see their bio is like expert in X right. and then every single post is about that. Every single thing about their profiles about that. Um, and I, I feel like definitely those, I feel like the algorithm favors things like that because they know exactly mm. what you're getting when you go to that profile. Whereas like someone like you, and like I, I consider myself like this too, but I don't. I just don't post as much. Um, where it's like it's hard to put you in a box. I don't know which yeah. kind of person who to feed you. So, yeah. do you feel like that has limited your followers at all, or do you think it hasn't really had an impact? Um, so, I think I think it might have because I think I think yes and no because when if I were to post something that blew up, right? The reason I blew up is because a lot of people liked it. A lot of people shared it, right? So people would click my account to see more of that same content. And they might be disappointed because there's not as much as they thought, right? Like for me, when I see something cool, like there was these two guys that I watched. I seen one video from them and I ended up watching like pretty much all the videos. It was them kind of seeing if like those TikTok hacks are real, like they work or not. Mm -hmm. Just random hacks, right? And I seen one, it was like they stuck a, they stuck a, uh, a popcorn kernel or something on the end of a air compressor and they blew it and it popped into like you know popcorn pop and uh, they, it was, they their idea was to see if it's real or fake they watch it they, they try it out they, they tell you yeah this actually works no this doesn't work mm -hmm. and then I clicked on their page and I saw like every single video was another one of those things real or fake real or fake real or fake and I watched so many of them and I was so happy and I, was, and, and I ended up following them because of that now I want to see that content with me People might see something they like, they click on my page, they don't find much of it. So for that reason, I think that, yeah, it does limit my following. Mm. On the other hand, and and I'm and I'm not, you know, I don't consider myself, you know, like even an influencer yet. I think that's where I'm trying to go to because of the role models and, you know, bringing the role, role model aspect again. The role models that I'm looking at are people who have much bigger following than me, right? And there's some people that look at me as like a role model when it comes to following because they have less followers than me. Mm. But I don't think I'm, you know, on the grand grand scheme of things i don't think i'm nowhere near considered an influencer yet um but the second part the reason i think that my page kind of having all this these random things uh might work is something that it not necessarily is new but it's new for me because this is this is my 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 thought on it i'm thinking that i want to post enough posts to where if somebody likes something that they see, let's say I post a mechanic video and they see it, one of my not followers, and then they want to see more of it, they can click my page and find the videos that are for, um, you know, that, that are catered towards the, the people who like mechanic videos. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, I don't know, Islamic video. Now people, now I'm bringing in the mechanics, the, the people who are like, you know, followers of Islam, the people who are into haircuts, the people, you know what I mean? So I'm thinking that it might it might increase my following in that sense, where I'm not only focusing on one certain group of people, not just the people who like mechanic videos. I'm focusing on all of them. Like I, I everything that I do, I can attract followers from all of those different categories. No, I th I agree with you. I think and it's just a theory. Like, yeah, I, I think the problem with these algorithms is that they try to kind of put you in a box. But it's like the reality is humans are not like that. Like we all have diverse interests. It's not like I like cars and it's the only thing I like. You know right, what I mean? Right, yeah. So it's like forcing us to kind of show on Instagram or YouTube, whatever it may yeah. be, just one thing and sticking to that uh, so they can get more of that. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. they their ultimate goal is like what you said, when you go on their profile, you stay on there, you watch a bunch of these different videos. Yeah. 
right? And, and although I, I agree with you, and I think although the al- algorithm may not like it and it may not feed you to as many people, I think the people you do get are probably real. They like mm-hmm. Muhammad Tarani, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, rather than the content. So. Right, yeah. It's not like, oh, this guy makes cool stuff. It's like, oh, man, this guy is a cool guy. Like, I want right. to hang out with him. Like, right, everything. Right. So. Yeah. And um, if it doesn't blow up, what's cool about it is that, like I said, I, I, I try to remind myself of the initial intention of having my account, my main account of, you know, just, you know, showing Muslims that you can have fun without doing all the haram is that even if it doesn't blow up or doesn't go anywhere, I know that I still have this set of followers who do watch me in the community, at least, you know, mm-hmm. and if they're seeing all this cool, fun stuff that I do on my page. And I'm still posting about prayers and I'm still posting about fasting and posting about, you know, making dua and following the religion. I think that'll show them what my initial intention is and kind of show them that you can't be a good Muslim without doing all that. I think um, one thing that you just brought up that I'm really curious about is, you know, in our religion, intention is everything, right? So yeah. how... With these platforms, it can be really easy to get caught up in like how many numbers, how many likes, how many followers I'm yeah, getting. Exactly. How do you balance that? How do you think through that? How do you make sure that you don't get too caught up? And I've noticed myself sometimes I'll just be like checking every like 10 yeah, minutes. Like, yeah, it makes <laughs> yeah, it's a trap, man. Um, so that's something I did think about at one point. And my, I guess, uh, security system with that is I had my mentor. I make sure that he's following me. He checks out my, my Instagram periodically and makes sure that I'm not deviating from the original intention. Mm. Um, I've He's he's the main one who kind of monitors it, monitors it, I guess. Um, then I have a few others that kind of just, you know, if I'm falling off, you know, the, the rails that he can kind of let me know. Um, and then just reminding myself sometimes, you know, like, you know, when, before I do, you know, before I do hit post, um, on most most posts, I'll, you know, I tend to ask myself like, is this, is this following that, or is this just me trying to, I don't know, get more clout, or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, so there is like that, you know, gray area, you know what I mean? Of sometimes you do want you 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 are you know attracted to the likes because those as humans we're you know we're not we naturally like attention you know maybe not everyone but um, so. You know, some people are, like you said, more introverts, they could care yeah. less, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so there's like a, you know. So it sounds like you're saying it's a combination of, number one, being conscious with it, right? Like having intention with your posts. And number two is also having an actual check, right? Like an actual mm-hmm. someone that is like, hey, what you just posted is kind of whack, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. having someone yeah, like yeah. that. So exactly. I think one thing that uh, one of the last older episodes we did was about a company where, they released an ad which was like totally like offensive and it's mm-hmm. like how does this happen at like a company of this scale and like you you have to have those checks and balances right mm-hmm. so i think that's a, another important branding principle is like sometimes we get so caught up in trying to get these likes that we lose our actual principles yeah. which is which is essentially like our brand right or perception and so you have to have people that are there as mm-hmm. uh safeguards and people that are able to tell you hey yeah this is not in line with what you're trying to do because yeah. you're, you're so in it, right? Like you're creating content all the time. It's like, it's hard to think through it every single time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that kind of leads me to my next thing is, do you have like a, a schedule both for your uh, barber page and then your personal page? Do you have like a certain, I want to do this many posts every week mm. or uh, I want to make sure I do this many stories or is it just as, as you get content? So that's one thing that is like one of my, um, like somewhere I'm slacking, to be honest. I've been telling myself for the longest that I want to have a schedule for both my barber account and that every week I have to post, I don't know, maybe three or four posts. And same thing with my, with my personal account. I want to have one video at least posted once a week. I've been telling myself for like three, four months that I'm going to set a schedule like Monday at eight. I'm going to record a video and edit it that same night and post it. But I just haven't got around to it. Um, that's like another thing like when it comes to like discipline and all that, you know, trying to, discipline myself to actually hop on that schedule because um i mean one big thing one big aspect of all of this is consistency right people aren't going to be as engaged if it there isn't consistency right so that's one thing that i'm struggling with right now i do think about it and i am trying to actively work towards it but it is um 
you know, you got to put, and the thing is, you know, like how we were talking about, you know, like what, one thing that motivated me to stay disciplined when it came to cutting hair, um, was seeing the success. So with that, it's kind of like, you know, the feedback is right there. You know, when I finish cutting somebody's hair, I can either tell if they're satisfied or not satisfied with it. And like, and I can tell, you know, if they tip or if they don't tip, right. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting the money regardless at the end of the day. Right. I, I got, I got paid that day. So there is like a sense of like, okay, like I did it, you know, like here's a success right here in my hands with Instagram it's different, you know, like did this, did this post do well or not? You know, like it's not like this one post is going to make my entire account, right? You have to keep posting for, to see the success, to see yourself kind of grow in numbers on Instagram. And it's not as, it's not like every night you grow a certain amount, you know, it's kind of like a long-term thing. It's right. not like, it's not like with cutting hair every night I get paid. You know, mm. so because it takes longer to see the success, I feel like you you lose out on that kind of ability to discipline yourself by seeing the success. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I'm gonna give you a tough question, and I'll uh -oh. put you a little bit on the spot here. It's here. Um, you mentioned that your intentions are to essentially show that you can be a Muslim uh, and stay within the realm of permissibility. And also have a good time, really enjoy life. But then we're also over here and we're talking about, and I think this, this is not what I believe, but I think sometimes people can think like marketing, branding, all this stuff. There's a negative connotation with it when it comes to pushing yourself, putting yourself out there, right? And people may think that it's all about how do I grow? How do I do this? And you're, you're just chasing the likes. Mm. So how do you reconcile both these? It, it, like you do want to grow, mm. right? It's not like... You want no one to see your stuff, right? Yeah. You're doing this. And one of the priorities is to make your Instagram as right. big as possible, I'm assuming, right? Right. And then but at the same time, you don't want to let that like cloud your main intention. So how do you reconcile these two and make sure that, um, you know, how, just how are you thinking through that? So the way I look at it is, you know, like I said, with my initial intention, which I stated, for me to, I think, you know, it's i don't i don't think it's uh, arguable to say that it's um it's a it's a it's, it's a good intention i think it's a good intention and something that can help um help people who are in the situation i was when i was younger uh realize that it's not a true perception of life um so if i want and i know and i know that there's so many kids out there that have that perception of life or perception of Islam. if i want to kind of show people that I have to kind of increase and follow followings. So they, so more and more people get that message that I'm trying to send across. Mm. You get what I mean? So, and which is why I stated earlier that at the end of the day, if, if, um, you know, I never do blow up to that certain, you know, uh, benchmark or whatever, I'm still grateful that I did, was able to get, you know, some people in the, just in the community, at least, to recognize that mm. um just hearing the feedback from some people sometimes i'll, I'll cut somebody's hair who i've never met before and it's like yeah i've been watching your stuff man for like a year and you know you're the reason you know last yeah last week i went to friday prayer oh, and wow. that just like 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 you know when youtubers say like oh if one person benefits from this you know that's all i need and i always thought that was so corny but wallahi like when you do get that just that one person you feel like you did it, you know? Right. And I know it's like, it's, you, we don't want to have a sense of accomplishment. We don't want to just, because then that's going to make us stagnant. But hearing that, that just that one person, I feel like, alhamdulillah, maybe, maybe my entire Instagram, maybe I'll never, you know, get that uh, amount of followers. Maybe it was just made for that one person to start praying, mm, you know? Wow. Wow. That's powerful. So it sounds like if I had to distill it down to just kind of like one line, it was like, the distinctive factor is that when you are growing for yourself and mm -hmm. it's it's because I want to see myself become big, that's the problem. But when you're doing it out of a sake of generosity, mm -hmm. whereas like I want to share this with people because they will benefit. Yeah. And exactly. it becomes an act of service almost, exactly. right? Like yeah. it's not um self-conceited in your yeah. and of course all these like platforms and algorithms there, it's hard to like that temptation is always yeah. there, it's tough, but Really, you got to keep reminding yourself that this is service that you're doing, yeah. right? Like yeah. you growing is also a service that you're providing yeah. and helping people. So that's that's a really yeah. profound way to, to look at it. And of course, like we can't like 
you know, being naive or oblivious to the fact that fame does change people. So Ooh. if I were to grow, like, let's say I were to grow like an, you know, an insane, insane amount. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got all this fame out of nowhere. And I couldn't do the podcast with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. If, if I ever make it like on that level, I'm going to come, I'm going to come back here. We'll make another one. But, um, man, if you, if you ever make it, you better, you better hit me back up, For man. Sure. <laughs> but, um. No, it, do, it does, you know, like, we, we see it so many times in, like, uh, we have so many examples in, in the world that people who blow up and people who knew them before they blew up say that they changed, you know? Mm -hmm. And though that I, though the reason I do want to increase in following is to kind of spread, you know, the benefit to people, to more and more people, the reason I put that security mechanism, like I mentioned earlier, which is my mentor to watch myself, is for him to keep me in check. For him to keep to, to to monitor my stuff and see like, all right, is he is he is it kind of steering more towards the direction of him just doing it just to become famous and just to be known and just to be popular, or is it still for the you know main intention? And sometimes you can't see as clearly when you're inside the box. Mm -hmm. So you have these people on the outside who are watching you from the outside outside mm -hmm. the box and just kind of looking at it from there. Who can check you when you can't check yourself? Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, there's an example that I've used before where it's like, you can't smell the smell of your own, like, feces, yeah. right? Like, mm -hmm. you, you can, like, sit in the bathroom all day thinking, like, oh, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, if someone else comes in, they can't even, they can't even yeah. stand there for, like, a minute. They're like, exactly. man, it smells so bad. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so that's kind of what you're that's a good announcement. Yeah. yeah, it's nasty, <laughs> a but bit. it's a good announcement. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, and one thing I wanted to mention about that, uh, which is kind of off topic, is that when it comes to friendships, I know a lot of people in the community um, tell one of their friends that, hey, like, if I'm ever, like, acting out of uh, character in any situation, I want you to be the, like, they appoint a person to check them on it. So that way they know that, hey, like, okay, you know, somebody would tell me, like, now I know I have the authority to, like, kind of watch this guy all the time when we're hanging out, when we're out in public, if there's altercation or whatever. Um, and if he does anything, I'm the, I, I pull him and like, hey. You, you need to cool it, you know, you're not, you're not being you, you know, because we tend to get lost, you know, in mm -hmm. this dunya. And, and, and a big one is, um, which is kind of off topic. Um, I don't know if you want to present, but a big one that's kind of off topic too is, uh, like when it comes to like guys and girls uh, in the community. So it's like a known thing that when girls are around, like for example, one time we had a qiyam and, um, guys were, and, and, and the girls were kind of sitting in the, in the gym and the guys were just, uh, like playing with the basketball. And me and this other, other guy were watching the guys play basketball. And they were on this side of the court and the girls were just sitting on this, the other side of the court. And these guys were playing like the, it was NBA finals. Like I'm talking like hardcore, like the sweetest layups, like trying to dunk it, you know. And these girls are barely paying attention, you know. So it's good to have somebody to watch you in that type of situation, you know. Like when there's girls around, for example, like are you acting different? Or, or is it when, when, when a girl walks in the room, do you, does your tone change do you start mm. acting funnier you know what i mean mm. it's good because because you're not gonna notice it sometimes yourself you know right, right. so having somebody point it out for you is uh like you said you know they smell your feces not you <laughs> that's uh that's <laughs> awesome um last couple of things i wanted to talk about uh number one is if someone is starting a barbershop today right like let's say they're where you were at when you were 18 what advice do you have for them to get their stuff off the ground can do that, man. I'm creating my own competition. If I, if I tell you that, man. I'm not, no, I'm just kidding. No, no. Um, people have, like, you know, younger guys have came to me and told me, hey, can I learn from you? And I told them, like, by all means, like, come and, just, you know, stand next to me all day and watch me play here and I'll teach you everything. Because I think that, you know, it's a risk from Allah, you know, like, for them to grow in any way they want. And I don't want to, like, put a stop to that, right? If anybody, even if it means I do create my own, my own competition. But um, one piece of advice I'd give is, uh, Instagram, mm. like post, 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 post every single day. Make sure you're getting your stuff out there. Make sure, um, uh, you know, quality and quantity, honestly, just both, you know, make sure they're good pictures, make sure, um, you have good captions. Uh, you're taking pictures in good lighting. And, you know, for me, like one big thing is the reason I upgraded my phone. I, at one point I didn't need a new phone. I had a solid phone and, but I said, you know, this isn't, this isn't the best camera that's out there right now. Mm. So I'm going to get the phone with the best camera so that way when I post it, it's the best quality images, you know? Um, so invest in that and the quality of the pictures. Um, Is that why you also have these lights? Yeah, that's a big one too because 
lighting is a big thing now when it comes to photography. Anybody that knows anything about photography, they'll tell you lighting is key. You know, it's yeah. number one. So without lighting, you know, it could be the best haircut in the world, but if there's no lighting, who's gonna see it? You know. Right. So yeah, I would just recommend Instagram. Just post, post as much as you can. And then when it comes to actual like tactics on Instagram, is it just as simple as posting the haircuts? Um, I know like you said, you started with some free haircuts and I guess give a giveaways were like, Hey, if you mess with me right now, yeah. like, what are some ways to actually, uh, start engaging people and growing that? Uh, I know one thing that you also do is, I don't know if you do this on your barber page, but I know on your personal page, you have the like, collaborations with other people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so just kind of what tactics can you take to really, uh, scale that Instagram from like zero I think, what number are you at? Do you um, know? My barber account, my... Both. I'm my main account, I think I'm at 4.2. And then my barber account, I'm at, I think, 3.5, 3.6, something like that. Would you maybe say... maybe it's 2.5, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I haven't checked it. Like, I just... Yeah, no. They just come in and I don't like... Yeah. See, that's the thing, like, I try not, not to get too indulged right. in the numbers, you know, but... Would you say zero to, like, a, a thousand was, like, the toughest? Zero to a thousand. Um, zero to a thousand was. Or did you? It wasn't you the toughest. The leverage. No, it wasn't the toughest, but it was like a, a milestone. Mm. Like when I hit that thousand, I was like, "Yo, I have a thousand followers." And at the time, that was huge to me. Mm-hmm. You know, when I hit four thousand, I was like, "Wow!" And now four thousand is like I've been at that for a while, and I'm trying to move past that. You know, so it's like four thousand is nothing to me. You know, like. To me now, the next biggest thing is like 10,000. When I hit 10,000, that's like a big deal, you know? And I'm sure once I hit that and I'm, I get used to it, I'm going to 100,000 is going to, you know? So, um, no, zero to a thousand wasn't the hardest, but it was definitely like a milestone that I won't forget. How did you, like for someone that's just starting out, how do you get from zero to a thousand? So, um, like that kind of ties into your last question of, you know, how, starting out, um, in general. So you want to, you want people to, you know, share your content. Mm. And the way to do that is to get people to, um, you want, you want to attract people. So one of the tactics is like the one that you mentioned that I did was, uh, didn't charge for, to, you know, didn't charge, um, people for haircuts for a while. And everybody knows, you know, in the, in the beginning phase of a business, you're going to lose out, you know, whether that's, you know, a year or three years, you know, um, for me, thankfully it was only a month, but, um, <laughs> not to rub it in right now. Yeah. You know, people losing money. You know, like for you guys, it's, it's a year. For me, you know, one month. You know, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But because it was, you know, it's so small. But even then, you know, I was only charging ten bucks. You know, like once I actually start charging, it was ten bucks. You know, and technically, in a way, I probably like, you know, I I was cutting out of the basement, so I it was 100 percent profit. But if I was cutting out of somewhere like this, where I have to pay monthly bills and you know provide all these snacks and the water and all the equipment and all that. I would be losing, you know, mm. because if I'm getting 10 bucks per haircut and I have all these bills, like it's, I'm definitely in a, in a like, deficiency. Um, but you know, you're gonna, you can't just jump, you know, to a hundred, you know, you have to kind of work your way up. And if that means starting at zero, it means starting at zero, you know, you're going to just have to bite that bullet, start at zero, take the loss, uh, and just work your way up. Um, and then that's, that's as far as like kind of growing the business and as far as growing the Instagram, which in a way is a business. Um, it's kind of the same thing. You just kind of have to like sacrifice time, um, to making content, mm. you know, you might, it might not be, uh, as profitable for you in the beginning, but it will be in the future. That's what's going to build you later on. Well, one of the things that we didn't really touch on that I think is very important that I should probably should have added more of in the, uh, in the actual meat of the episode rather than the tail end is the actual like experience for the customers and how to retain customers, mm. right? Like someone comes to you once you do a good job with their haircut. And then how do you make sure that they are coming back? Are there like specific things you do? I know we talk a little bit about how you try to make it a VIP experience. And mm. um, like, how do you make sure that's an experience that they remember and they are, they're coming back every, every single time. Uh, so I think there is maybe three or four things. Um, that will bring them back. Um, the first one, which is the obvious one, is the haircut itself. Is it a good haircut or a bad haircut? Um, the second one would be um, me as a person. How is my personality while I'm cutting the hair? Am I talkative? Am I 
social or am I just quiet and awkward, you know? And the third one is the environment, mm-hmm. where, you know, where they are in the, in the place. So I would say these three points um, are key elements to bringing a client back. If you're a good barber and the haircut is good, that's step number one, but that doesn't 100% ensure them to come back. Why? Because your your personality might be a bit um, awkward, you know? Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people that, you know, get a haircut with somebody and it's an amazing haircut, but because of how awkward they were in that chair the entire 30 to an hour, they just won't go back there, you know, mm-hmm. no matter how good they go. Because, you know, there, there's plenty of good barbers, right? But everybody has a different personality. So... That's number two. And then the third one is, which is the environment. I personally like to have like just a bunch of amenities as much as I can. I have the PlayStation, I have the coffee maker, I have the snacks, I have the water, all these things that people can kind of enjoy while they wait, um, make them feel comfortable and give them that kind of VIP experience, kind of like an Uber, you know, when, mm-hmm. when you know, if you go to a base model Uber, you know, you, you might get water. That's about it. Maybe nothing. You know, if you go to uh, the, the higher end Ubers, you're going to get snacks, granola bars, uh, and a bunch of random amenities that make you feel, give you that VIP experience. Yeah. You, you touched on this with these three things, product, uh, you know, the haircut itself, personality, and environment. But um, just wanted to get your thoughts on there's like, you're essentially competing with great clips, right? Like mm-hmm. and these franchise barbers. And how are you thinking? There's through- no competition. Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, no. When I talk to barbers, I, I often get that same response where, like, you know, Great Clips is not real competition, right? And so I'm curious to hear your your, your perspective on that and um, uh, how you're thinking through that. And and I think you kind of highlighted it here with how yeah. you're differentiating yourself. So, yeah, I mean, I meant that as a joke. Like, I do, I, I don't think that, like, Great Clips is a successful business, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a growing business, you know, people go to Great Clips and I think it's great for them. But I think what I offer and what Great Clips offers is two different things mm. in the same field, but completely two different um, types. You know, they offer more of the kind of, you know, uh, more affordable, quicker, uh, simpler type haircuts, which some people like. Some people don't want to come and, uh, you know, spend X amount of dollars and, you know, be here for that amount of time. Some people don't want to have to set an appointment two weeks in advance, you know? They'd just rather go to Great Clips, get the simple haircut and leave and pay a small price, right? On the other hand, there's people who want to pay that, you know, higher price for a better quality haircut, something more intricate, you know, fades and tapers and things like that. Um, they want the VIP experience, the one-on-one, the, you know, the the the, the more the, the more lengthy and time haircut. Um, so that's the people that I cater towards and Great Clips cut. Great Clips caters towards a completely different type of mm. um, clientele. And so that's why I wouldn't say they're necessarily like we're, we, me and Great Clips aren't necessarily competing because we're not going after the same customers. customers. Exactly. I think from my perspective, one of the things that I noticed is that like, if you look at traditional franchises on like in the food space, for example, like McDonald's, Taco Bell, these places, the reason why they're successful is that Wherever you go in the United States, you're going to get the same exact thing. Mm. And I think like the tough part with haircuts is that you can write down like it's a scissor on the side and yeah. number whatever here, but at this like where does it end and like what did, what special things did the barber actually do? Is like when you pick a barber, you know you're going to get the same thing every single time. Mm. Whereas like Great Clips is like you might get a good barber, yeah, yeah. you might get someone that like you know even though they have the same instructions, right? They, right. They're just not going to do a good enough job, so. Mm. For me, at least, that's one thing that I see is like with a barber, I will always take a personality and person that I trust over Mm. Great Clips just because I know I'm going to get the same thing every single Mm. time. I'm not into like fades or any of this stuff, but like I I just want to know that the person's not going to mess up my hair. Right. right? (laughs) It's really as simple as that. So, yeah. And see, and like it's it's cool that you say that because everybody has a different taste when it comes to that. You know, for Mm. you, you just you don't want to crazy intricate haircut but you just want somebody to give you the same exact thing every time and not mess it up sometimes people will you know find you know i know i know some of my clients are they they like hop around you know they go to like maybe four or five different barbers all of these barbers kind of do these intricate haircuts like the fades and stuff like that um and they do it well so that means they don't necessarily care as much for the personality and that same person doing the same exact cut as long as it's generally a nice fade you know what i mean Mm -hmm. 
So and everybody has their different taste. Some people are like, it's like kind of like a spectrum type thing, you know? They're cheating on you. <laughs> Essentially. Essentially. No, but no, I mean that's another that's another interesting point. I don't know if you wanna open that can of worms like oh how do barbers deal with that? Because I know like I've met like both opposite ends of the spectrum, like some barbers that could care less. Mm-hmm. Like you can go to come to me once, don't come to me for a year and then come back and I'll still cut your hair. And other barbers are like if you come to me, you're locked in and you better not go anywhere else. Oh, really? You know? Yeah, yeah. And like they, they actually get offended when their client cheats on them, <laughs> you know? And then there's like there's like a tier of clientele also. You know, there's a clientele that has been coming to you for a while. And when they do go to somebody else, it's like, you start to question oh, like, yeah. what, did I do something? Like, what was going on? You feel <laughs> me? It's like, it's like a relationship, you know? It's like, right. you know what I mean? Thought we had um, something good. Here. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then there's like all those other people that like you, you see once in a while and they just never were locked in. So it's like, it depends on, you know, the barber himself, how he feels about it. And then the, what type of client it is. How do you feel about it? So for me, I, this is how I look at it. Speaking on the clients who have been coming to me for a while, that are people who I consider clients, like my clients, right? These are people that come to me and nowhere else. If at one point, for whatever reason, they stopped coming to me and started going somewhere else, I'd like to know why only for one reason to know where I messed up and how I can improve, right? And I don't get upset that they went somewhere else. Why? Because that's something that God wrote for that barber, like his sustenance, his Mm. risk, you know? And I think it would be very immature for me to get upset at that because at that point, that sustenance is no longer written for me. That's written for that barber, you know? Mm. Only thing I want to get out of it is I want to make sure me and that client are still cool. There's no, like, nothing, you know, like uh, no neg- negativity between us and what I did wrong so that way I can improve it next time for the next client. So I don't, and then, and then, you know, yeah, so I don't, I don't necessarily, it doesn't upset me, you know, it's, I, but I, I would like to know why. Mm. Just so you can improve and make sure you're exactly. not making the same mistake. Exactly. That makes sense. Last thing that, uh, you know, sometimes I forget to ask this on podcasts, but uh, I try to always end with this is what is your favorite brand? And you can't say really, yeah, like yeah, you can't say Apple. I, I already knew you were going to say Apple. So like, and so for the people that follow Hamid Tarani, you already <laughs> you'll already know he's a big Apple fan. So I'm going to say you can't pick Apple. <laughs> What's the next thing that comes to mind? Find out next time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's what I have to think about, man. Apple is up there, like, cause like any like this is how I look at it. Like we've this, had too many guests that have said Apple. Really? So, yeah, like because like bro, like. Okay, you know how, like, you could say, like, I don't know, if somebody's, like, a fan of Nike and Adidas, like, you're like, yeah, Nike, and then, oh, the next one would be Adidas. Like, to me, it's, like, Apple, and then the next one is, like, somewhere down here, you know, and I don't even you know, know what they are. <laughs> but I would say, I mean, uh, there there are a few companies, um, okay, I'll tell you, like, can I answer it in a, in a different way? Yeah, sure. I like companies that are modern and simplistic. Hmm. So, companies like, I really like the brand Lululemon, for example. Oh, really? You know, yeah, because they have that kind of like if Apple made clothes, like that's the Apple of clothes, you know, mm-hmm. um, Tesla, if Apple made cars, Tesla is the Apple is the Apple of cars. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that simplistic, clean, modern, um, like continuity between the products. That's what I love so much. I think Apple like by far kills the game right? with any, like in all, like when it comes to, especially to continuity in all, uh, like uh, industries, um, which is why I'm such a big fan. But there are other companies that do it, like Lululemon and Tesla, I think. I'm surprised that you didn't say Mustang. <laughs> Ford, man. Ford got a lot to work on. <laughs> Listen, I'm a fan of Mustangs, but not Ford necessarily. Um, and honestly, like, probably the only reason that I did become a fan of Mustangs is because it just happened to be my first car that I found. Mm. There was not, like, before, before I ever got a Mustang, like, I was honestly searching for a Camaro. Oh, really? Now I hate Camaros just because I have a Mustang, you know? But there's there was nothing that, like, stood out to me necessarily about it. It just happened to be when I was searching for a car, a car that I found that I could afford. I bought it, and then I became a Mustang guy just like that. Mm. But with Apple, like, I chose Apple, you know? Like, I mean, there's a connection there, Yeah, you know? You, you have, like, another... If you wanted to, you could probably be, like, a MKBHD. Just Man, reviewing I wish. <laughs> I, I love that. Apple. Like, that lifestyle is so cool to me. I wish, but... But yeah, man. Maybe thank you. Another world. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Really thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it, bro.
Well, I think this is the me. first time it was uh, I had a handshake at the end. Really? <laughs> yeah, because we don't do it in person. They're not. They're not. They're not. Bro, we're, they're not, we're on a different level. You feel me? Right. I do it a little bit differently. If you're in the Detroit metro area and want a killer haircut, I'll leave the link to Muhammad's Instagram and booking page in the show notes. Now, as always, I have my key takeaways. But before we get into that, I want to share a clip from our discussion with Amani Mahison on branding a bakery. I normally was doing about 18 dozen a week. I made 40 dozen pastries for that pop-up. And my family was helping me take everything out to the cars. And as I'm doing that, I can hear them at the dinner table, a few of my cousins and some uncles, and they're like, why did she make so much? No one's going to show up. Um, why'd she do it in Ann Arbor? Now really no one's going to show up. And, you know, they're saying all this to me and I'm getting ready for this event and my nerves are running. And I'm like, did I over bake? Is no one going to show up? I don't know what's going to happen. I got there and the event was supposed to be three to four hours long. I sold out within an hour of mm. everything. I had people posting, complaining that it was supposed to be open for X amount of time. And I sold out within the first hour of it. If you enjoyed this discussion with Muhammad, I'm sure you'll also enjoy the discussion with Amani. Check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. It is episode number 27. Now here are my key takeaways. Number one, if you're operating multiple social media accounts, you have to be very clear about the target audience and messaging for each account that you have. And number two, sticking to a color theme can be a powerful way to remain top of mind for your target audience. And that is all for this episode. If you enjoyed this discussion, please leave a review and share with a friend. It really helps the podcast grow. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.